Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Empire Rolls uh, podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I'll be hosting the show today. I think it was a positive uh, result yesterday, a nil-nil against uh, Aston Villa to help me talk about it. I've been joined by Neil Rees, I've been joined by Eric Argard, I've been joined by Chris Scott and I've also been by, joined by Sam Stevenson. Uh, what did you all think of it? Just one word, positive or negative, Neil? Positive, because we could have lost. Yeah, that's more than one word straight away, Eric. <laughs> yeah, glass half full. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Chris, acceptable. Okay, Sam. Uh, I think I'd agree with Chris. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, it's about right, isn't it? It's kind of, I think what I took out of it was a team that actually had some passion and worked as a unit. And I'm seeing that more and more under Gomez. Yeah, we're not getting the wins, but I was never expecting us to suddenly transform into Barcelona overnight. That just wasn't going to happen. But I'm pretty, we'll never know, but I feel under Clement, we would have lost that match. We would have crumbled and we would have made a poor mistake. That comes on to the increase of quality that we've now got in the team. We have five loan signings yesterday playing. I thought they all played really quite well. Maybe Lewis Baker was the one that slightly wasn't as good as everyone else. What did you make of them all, Chris? Um, I think they played all really well. Obviously, Martinez, that save, funny enough, Reading just tweeted a gif of it just before we came on and it looks better every time you see it. It was almost point blank. So that was brilliant. And his distribution compared to Yakola, yes. it's night and day, to be honest, isn't it? Um, Matt, is it Miazga? I think yeah. he looks class above he's never going to lose a header he's comfortable on the floor played well Baker I agree with he's got some nice touches but it reminds me a bit of Swift dawdles on the ball a bit and takes too many touches and obviously Oliveira I mean I think we might miss him for a bit but he's just head and shoulders above any other striker we've got on the team to be honest uh, yeah, totally. I mean, even though he didn't have much to do in the game yesterday, because Aston Villa were the better team and had kind of, even though they didn't have the more possession, they definitely, in the second half especially, yeah. they were mainly in our half. I didn't really feel massively under threat. As you said, the one chance they really had that was, I thought we were in real trouble, was the save from Abraham's uh, that Martinez pulled off. I thought that was an excellent save, as you said. I just kind of... I looked at Ijaria, another one of the lone players, and I, I thought he was my man of the match. He was your man of the match now. Yeah, I would say Ijaria as well. He, he got through an awful lot of work, uh, and most of it was very good, I thought. Um, all of the midfield seemed to be rotating around quite a bit, but wherever he went, he seemed to be adept at what he was doing. Um, I think if he went a bit more into the box a bit more to, to help out, whoever's in the striking position at that point could have helped, but I might have been asking a bit too much of him. But um, yeah, I think, I think Ajari just about sneaked it for me. Do you think it was a penalty, everyone? Possibly? Eric? Um, yeah, I think Ajari, I think the problem was he, he was looking for it. And I think it was a foul either way, but because he appeared to be looking for the penalty, that's why the ref didn't give it. It was unlike that referee to get a decision wrong, though, wasn't it? Uh, he, was, he was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I'm not one to moan about referees, but geez, he was bloody awful, wasn't he? At first, obviously, I sit in the prawn sandwich side of West End. First eight minutes, there was four throw-ins down our side, and he got every single one wrong. They, and that uh, said, that, that said it for the rest ref. of the game. Yeah, no, I agree. All the way through the game, I thought he had, yeah, he was not great at all. But it kind of summed up the match. Both teams are just kind of almost 
at the right point and then they'd make a little mistake which would cost them and it was one of those frustrating kind of chat if, if you looked at that and you didn't know the league positions you would say we both teams were mid-table I wouldn't look at that Reading performance and say, oh, that was a really team that's scrapping at the bottom of the league and has no shape, make lots of mistakes, because that wasn't happening. And kind of people are pointing out the lack of points that we picked up under Gomez recently. But I I feel that we are getting better under him. Sam, do you agree with that? Um, Yeah, you had to give him until, I think, at least the end of January. Um, He had to have a grace period. You can't expect a manager to come in and turn things around immediately. And I think the thing that's almost worked against him with some fans is that he came in and we did see a a fairly rapid improvement. And so I think fans have expected it to get better and better and better, you know, in that same kind of, um, uh, I can't think of the word now, but that, you know, it it just kind of, yes, there we go. That, that's close enough. Um, (laughs) we've, um, we're at a point now where all over the pitch, we look better. Um, I think the defence looks more comfortable, not only with Miazga, but with a, a seemingly commanding goalkeeper behind uh, behind the back line. Um, nobody yesterday stood out to me as playing badly. Um, I still think Oliviera looks he looks like he's got a great first touch. He's going to take people on. He looks a bit off the pace, but you'd expect that with you know the amount of time that he spent not playing competitive football. Um, but we're kind of Harriet that. was great. Harriet was Harriet was first okay. Touch. I mean. Again, I'd say considering considering the time he's had out, I know he's been back on and off for a few weeks, but he hasn't really had a run yet. Um, I think he was he was fairly anonymous, but I feel a little sorry for players like McCleary who came on and played quite well and uh, you know um, got the penalty against Bolton and then were you know was straight back out of the team again. Um, but for the most part. We look a lot better. We look a hell of a lot better up the top and at the back, which were our two biggest problem areas, right? We had no problem before playing around with the ball. We just weren't doing anything with it. I think the real positive for me about yesterday's game is Villa have only failed to score twice this season. Yeah. So keeping a clean sheet, that's a that's a big plus, I think. Yeah, they're the third top goal scorers, aren't they, in the whole of the championship? So that yeah. is some achievement. And also we restricted them. I would say Abraham's had the header. From the Algazi uh, shot in the first half when he probably should have scored or at least got it on target. Yeah. And then in the second half, obviously, which we talked about, the great save from Martinez. But really, I don't think they had many other chances when you felt they're definitely going to score here. They were quite basic, I thought. And I know yes. that maybe sounds harsh, but they had what felt to me like a, a single game plan, which was shunt balls into the channels and expect Abraham to run onto them. And for most of the first half, that's what they did. The second half, they tried to press us a bit more and it worked for them. Um, but in terms of attacking, it was just balls over the top all game. When you and read was... comments from their fans online, they all moan that they've got no creativity in that team. And which is yeah. kind of true, like Whelan, um, who's the other chap, Hularan. <sighs> it's it funny, just... that they, were, they were singing songs about uh, John McGinn all game, yeah. and he did absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a good set he play to get specialist, the ball, but that's go it. forward a bit and fall over. And there was like, one point though where I'm pretty sure it was McGinn. They played a corner in and it came to him. And I remember, do you remember that goal he scored? I don't know, a yeah, few yeah, months yeah. back. I saw him lining up for one of them and I was like, this, it can't happen again. Um, and he stuffed <laughs> it completely. It was perfect. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Talking about set pieces, I thought Swift set pieces yesterday were the best I've seen from yeah. him for quite a long time. 
I think in general play, it was the kind of standard John Swift performance. He frustrates me the way he gets knocked off the ball so easily and sometimes loses it. But his set pieces were excellent, I thought. And that's something that's been really poor. I mean, I remember one recently from Mo Barrow when it seemed to, he just hit it directly to the opposition player. I can't even remember who it was against. I just blacked it out. Yes. Yes, that's the one. He kicks the corner flag instead of the ball. And you just think, oh, no. But it's uh, I thought that was our best chance of scoring. And Oliveira had that header just towards the end of the first half, which is a really good save from Kalanich. But Miasa I just think that... scored that rebound, though. Yeah, yeah, that rebound from Miasa. You just think, did he actually hit that? Was that a goal kick? Or was it? did Hutton get to it and clear it for a corner? No, he hit it. He just put it wide. Wow. That's that simple. We just put it wide. <laughs> wow. That is, that's even, that's, that's kind of brought me down into a mini depression mid recording here. So. It's still not, still not as bad as John Swift's header away to Bolton. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. That was, that was definitely the worst. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I agree it's with like... Paul about the set pieces. I think they looked a lot better. And I think Miazga might hopefully be a threat. He's a big lad, isn't he? Hopefully he's be a massive. threat. And he's a unit as well. Yeah, he's not just tall. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, as Chris was saying earlier, he's not going to lose many headers. And if he no, does, wow, you've got to respect anyone. Yeah, it just vindicates the decision to sell Ilori because I think Miazga is mm-hmm. a, a class above. Clearly, yeah. No, uh, going totally back to going back to the set pieces, I just wanted to mention that I think one of the things we really need to work on is movement in the box because the balls coming in were great, but they were getting to everything, um, every first ball, and they were. You know, on the keeper or on the penalty spot, they were in the right area. Um, but you'd have three of our players bunched at the back post or something, and there's there's no movement really. And and it just felt like we were second to every ball in the air in their box. And um, the only player that looked like he was really you know fighting for those balls was Oliviera. But you know, I'm led to believe that he's not that great in the air generally. Um, from Norwich fans, he's better with the ball at his feet. So you really want a I don't know one of the midfielders maybe. Um, um, a Jaria looks quite like a big guy. I don't know, just someone to 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 you know make a move to the front post or, or something like that. Um, yeah, you're right. If you look at the midfielders, Baker and Swift, they're not going to win any headers, are they? Really, in that situation, I, I just can't see that. I mean, the second half, because in the first half, I felt that after the first 20 minutes, we moved into the game and we were, I wouldn't say in control for 20 minutes, but it was mainly in the Aston Villa half. It wasn't really convincing football. I didn't feel that we were going to suddenly score a glut of goals or anything. But in the second half, we didn't really get much down into the Aston Villa penalty area until the last five minutes, really. But I didn't feel massively under threat. It was just constant crosses, as Sam was saying earlier. They have one start of play, and that's really it. And if it doesn't work for them, they've got nothing else to back it up because they've got no creativity. But... Did you did you feel nervous in the second half? Did you feel that their goal was going to come for Aston Villa, Eric? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I suppose just damage from the last two seasons. When as you sit there and it's nil nil, I kept saying to my friend who I go with, "This is this is just set up for a late late winner for Aston Villa." And then uh, luckily Martinez pulled out that save at the end. Otherwise, it would have just been a typical Reading performance of the last sort of eighteen months. I think when those eight minutes went up, only one team was pleased to see eight minutes and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the substitute as well? What did you think about Richards coming on instead of Mo Barrow? Because I, I personally could see why he did that because I wouldn't trust Mo Barrow no. defending. Yeah. With so how we're under pressure second half, because let's be honest, yeah. we didn't do much second half at all. 
Um, he brought Richards on defensively minded, not... I know he came on as a winger, but mm. he didn't, did he? And Barrow doesn't track back, so I think he tried to shore us up down our left-hand side. I think that was the thought process, certainly not going forward anyway. Yeah, totally. I, I think... So, he, um, he also helped in uh, the latter bit of the second half when he held that year done, because obviously they, they were farming out balls to the left-hand side all the time, where primarily all their crosses were coming from, and their winger was getting, you know, surrounded, booed all the time. Um, <laughs> so Richard was, was like auxiliary, really. It was just like, wherever the danger was, go and snuff it out and help your fullback, whichever one that is. Um, and I think that was quite clever from Gomez. You know, the shape was still the same, but he was trying to, to nullify Villa so we could actually get the ball back and then, you know, get a counter on, which is pretty much all we were doing second half was, was countering. Um, but someone on the radio said that was, you know, that was a negative substitution. But you can't go gung-ho and go mental for it because we're much better off getting a point than getting nothing. So, and, and obviously when Oliveira went off, a, a, a bit of our, you know, strategy had gone. So in some ways we were clinging on to what we had, I think, and hoping we could get something. And the other substitutions supplemented that and hopefully we could get something. But we didn't get, you know, three points, but we looked an awful lot more organised and we looked an awful lot more tactically aware of what we're doing and what the opposition are doing. There was the right strange people on radio like yesterday, though. Like, there were some really weird opinions, some right numpty <laughs> coming up. Like, almost <laughs> people saying that we shouldn't have sat Clement and all this. I just thought it was up and nonsense from some of them. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't. I mean, I didn't get why we, how we sat uh, Clement at that moment, but I don't think that was the wrong decision at all. I think definitely think we should have sat him before. That's what I found confusing, that we just seemed to wait and wait and wait. Yeah. We should have sat Clement about a month before we actually did sack him. That, so that's just, what I felt. The thing for me, I just don't understand why end of January, beginning of February, we're still talking about, like on the radio, why they're right. still talking about Clement being sacked or not. And... Like almost yeah, still questioning. It's because we're still in the relegation zone. Once, yeah. if, once we get out of the relegation zone, it kind of becomes a non-issue. But yeah. it does feel like... Yeah. person was bought in. It does feel like... The, every, sorry, Neil. Go on, sorry. sorry. It's obviously the people forgetting. They're going a bit too macro about it. You've got to remember that the bigger picture was the owners weren't pleased with the whole organisation and how it was being run. So Clement was just a part of that whole exercise of cleansing, wasn't he? Yeah. It wasn't a case of the managers just unilaterally doing shit, so we have to get rid of him. <laughs> it was a gamut of everything else. So you can't really take that in isolation, just like you can't take Gomez in isolation and say, you're not doing good enough. You know, it's, it's a juggernaut that we're turning around. It's not, it's not a quick fix. And the well, audiences are different as well, right? So the people that listen to BBC Berkshire... Other, I mean, you can guess what kind of people they are, you know, and uh, and, they're, and they're very different audiences to the people that will be on social media, maybe, or you know, listening to a podcast like this. Um, and there are things going on in the country at the moment that might induce that kind of, you know, we're not going opinion. there. <laughs> not no, going no, no, there. it's fine. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. But you know what? You know what I mean, right? It's, they're different yeah. people, and they've got different opinions, and um, some people just won't accept him, regardless, and. Um, I mean, you had Della the other day asking the new goalkeeper what his thoughts on Brexit were. Why? Yeah, what Why is he doing about? that? I didn't, so I didn't understand in what context that came up. Did he ask him or did Martinez offer his opinion? I don't know. I don't know why he would suddenly offer his opinion on that. I, I don't know. But that was no, strange. It was like knowing you all anyway. 
One thing that hasn't come up yet is the big incident from uh, yesterday with Nelson Oliveira and Tyron Mings. Now, we've all watched it back. We've all have our opinions on it. Um, I've seen it and it doesn't look great at all. It does not look good. The fact that it looks to me like he looks just slightly before he lands his foot and he kind of puts his weight through and he instantly regrets it and has flashbacks of an incident with a Swedish man who Eric will know of. Mm. Mr. Ibrahimovic, who he got a five-match ban for stamping on his head. Do we think that he's done this again deliberately, or do we feel it was an accident? What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I was saying to you just before we started recording, I still can't make up my mind. I mean, it looks horrific, especially when it's slowed down. Um that being said, I'm still not 100% convinced that he wasn't just being a bit clumsy. Do you know what I mean? But I've seen a lot of opinions from neutral fans, basically any anyone other than Aston Villa fans that say they do think it was on purpose. So perhaps mm. I'm in the minority. But yeah, a little bit of sitting on the fence, I suppose. I think for no, me, the argument is not that it's deliberate or not, because... So you see so much retrospective action taken for elbows and things like that. Now, I don't also think that a lot of centre-halves mean to elbow players when they go for headers and stuff, but they still get bans after games. So it's not a case of watching it and going, he meant it, give him a ban. Whether he meant it or not, it's still dangerous play. And like you said, he's got previous... For me, I'll be surprised if nothing happens. But then, like I again, before we came on, if it was a big game on Super Sunday on Sky Sports, I think he's more likely to get in trouble than he is for Reading, where you get one highlight of it and you don't get eight camera angles. So who knows? But I, it's nasty. And the picture after that's gone viral on Twitter tells you all you need to know, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, it's horrific. I mean, hopefully um, he'll be... I mean, I'll, I'll be looking at that picture... Yeah, looking at that picture, it seems hard to believe that he'll be able to play next week, really. Or not allowed to play, just not able to play. But who knows? Uh, medical science can do amazing things. Zap <laughs> his head with some kind of a magic spray. I don't know. Yeah, what do you think of it, Neil? Well, I was going to say before that, the other factor is obviously the referee's report. He didn't even give a foul for the incident. And the yes. referee was, as we've discussed, quite terrible yesterday. So that probably won't help the case or the case against Mings either. One thing I was, I also saw that Mark Housley, the ex-FIFA and uh, FA Premier League uh, referee, says that that incident should be uh, looked at again by the FA. If you've got someone of his kind of standing saying that, it's kind of not just a kind of biased fan group saying that. Yeah. And as you said, uh, Chris, it, it, it's social media everywhere is kind of uh, united in not thinking that was maybe an accident. Not everyone, a lot of people, some people do think that it was an accident. But Neil, what did you think of it? Um, I only saw it back this morning for the first time, which is probably a good thing. So I probably would have been very angry if I, if I watched after seeing the image of Oliveira's face. Um, I think for me, it doesn't look like Mings does enough to move his foot out the way. And I think he had enough time to recognise where his foot was going. I mean, Oliver is a big unit. You could see him right underneath him and he's just had a tussle with him. So it's not like he's just appeared. Um, and, and as you say, Paul, it, it almost looks as if his, his foot goes down with a bit more intent than just putting your, your foot down naturally to gain balance. 
Um, so yeah, it almost almost manufactured to look as if it's a natural movement, and Oliveira just so happens to be in the way. That's, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think. If it was yeah, an upturned plug no. or a piece of Lego, he would have absolutely <laughs> made yeah, sure yeah, he missed yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. No, he. Um, yeah, that was uh, when I was at the game. I didn't think it was that bad. It was only when I saw the pictures afterwards. Didn't see it in in real time at all. I'm not sure, but did the play stop before that actually happened for something else? And that was just as a result of. He gave the free kick against Nelson, didn't he? Yeah. 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 So it had actually stopped. I thought one of them had caught the other with an arm or something. Yeah. That's what I thought initially because I didn't think there was anything going on um, really. Uh, But. Yeah, it was it was horrendous. It was. I didn't know when I saw it. I didn't know if Nelson was rolling around, kind of trying to get a free kick. Because you know, mm. strikers do. They do have a tendency to um, have some gravity issues uh, sometimes if they <laughs> want to get free kick. But yeah, it looked really bad. Um, a um, conversation with each other in the first half. Uh, I remember that. I think that the ball went out for, for a throw in. Nelson had a little chat with the the linesman, and then return back to have a, a further conversation with Mings. So clearly they were at, at each other for, um, you know, most of the game, I would imagine. So there could have been a, a lot leading up to that event. And also Tyro Mings used to play for Ipswich and Oliveira yes. for Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also Tyro Mings was actually really good yesterday, apart from that one moment. Yeah. I thought if he hadn't been playing, we might well have won that match. He obviously had a big impact on his debut, which is, just pissed me off, really. I wish you wouldn't have been there. So it's, kind of, it's like, yeah, just don't be there. It's so typical. So I'm going to look at our next four matches now. We've got Wednesday away. We've got Blackburn at home. We've got Sheffield United. And then we've got most probably the biggest game of the season so far again, which it always is, against Rotherham at home. How many points do you think we're going to get from that, Sam? Um, how many do I think we'll get? Or how many do I want? Um, uh, well, they obviously you want 12, but uh, happy. Yeah, think the two um, would be very different. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I think if we could take six points from those games, that would six. be really, That's really what I was going to say. Um, yeah. I think, you know, split down the middle. Um, we're not picking up points at the moment, and if we can get anything out of those games, fantastic. Yeah, I'd say that we can beat Sheffield. I reckon we're going to win at Sheffield Wednesday next week. I just got that feeling we're going to... Chris, you do not look convinced with no. that. <laughs> I think it's the two home games. I mean, maybe we could get a point. Sheffield Wednesday aren't great, but obviously Steve Bruce is going to be his first home game in the dugout. Um, so that will lift them. And it's just the Blackburn and Rotherham games for me. Because Blackburn kind of average, aren't they? I mean, they're not ripping up trees and Rotherham are as bad as us. So... Yeah, probably got a nil-nil draw written all over it, but I, obviously we're a lot better under Gomez than we have been. So, I'm, I would say six points as well. Maybe I want six. Optimistically, seven, probably two. Uh, I just love your optimism. (laughs) Just slowly dip down from seven. The more you think about it, the more depressed you get. Less points you get. Just none. Lose them all. What do you think, Eric? How many points? Yeah, I think yeah. As Chris says, the two home games, and then maybe sneak a sneak an away point at Sheffield Wednesday, or maybe even a win. You never know. Uh, I think Sheffield United away is going to be really tough because they're good at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think we're going to lose that one. I can't see anything but a defeat there. They look, yeah, really impressive. What do you think now? 
Yeah, I can't disagree, really, that the two home games are, are, are vital. Um, if we can stay in parity or be slightly ahead of Rotherham by the time we play them, that would be awesome. Um, can't really see that happening, but we just still need to be close to them come the time that we do play Rotherham. Uh, if we can beat them and you know be four points ahead of them after that game, say, um, things are looking really good. But it, it's it's just avoiding defeat and those two away games, and that would be great. If, if we could beat Blackburn at home, then I suppose it's a mini bonus. But they're, they're kind of like Villa, aren't they? You don't really know what you're going to get from them. They could be awesome or they could be dreadful. Um, so, so yeah, six, seven, that'd be lovely. Yeah, I think we're all we're saying about of... the same six or seven, aren't we, really? Yeah, I think anything more than that would be... Uh... Drift, aren't they? Sorry? The bottom four are getting cut adrift slightly now, isn't yes. there? Yes, like yeah, totally. Five or six point gap from Rotherham and the team above. So it's kind of... I think Bolton and Ipswich, are, personally, I think they're pretty much gone. Yeah, yeah Ipswich, I think, I think you've two yeah. left. It's actually those three games following... Well, Rotherham starting off and then we play Ipswich and Wigan all in a row consecutively. Um, and they're the games we really need to win. If we could pick up, you know, six points between now and then, great. But those three games, I think we've got a target as, as bankers almost. Well, not bankers, but winners. If we don't, if we don't, um, but, but just like the Bolton game the other day, right? They're the games that you look at. And if you lose those games, they're the ones that will send you down. Um, it doesn't, you know, losing against teams mid table, it's not ideal, but um, we've got to beat the teams around us. Just have to. Uh, yeah, essentially, our whole season now has come down to: Are we going to get more points than Rotherham? Yeah, that's it. Essentially, I kind of look at it, and I, I have to say, I think I'm actually feeling more confident that we're going to stay up. I actually think we will stay up now. I feel that I've moved in that direction. I think that we've got more quality than Rotherham now. In that warms my heart, pitch, I'd say. <laughs> and I think we're going to stay up. I just got this feeling. I feel this positivity kind of rolling through my body. It's just amazing. <laughs> I don't know what that feeling is. Do we all like. the you feel like Chris? <laughs> uh, no, not so much. If Clement was, I'm sound like a radio barch caller. If Clement was still here, I wouldn't. I know they go on about we were on a decent run, but we weren't playing good football under him. Mm-hmm. And I think whether the points show it or not, you can't be, or did Tim Deller call someone an idiot yesterday? You'd have to be an idiot <laughs> if you think we aren't playing better under Gomez than we are, were under Clement. Yeah. No, I, well, I, the one thing I look at is how many shots does Martinez now have to save in a match? Nowhere near as many no. as you would have had. Well, Yakala was, well, there was a stat that Yakala had made more saves, I think. Oh, no, it was expected goals versus saves made or something like that. And he was top of the table. Um, yeah. It's not a good stat, though, is it? To be <laughs> no, it's not. Really? It's, not. It's, bit, no, it's the same as when... I can't lord that and think, fantastic, that's great. It's like, no, that's the same as when everyone, everyone bigged up Al Habsi getting player of the season two years in a row. That's not a good thing. Your goalkeeper <laughs> should be nowhere near player of the season if yeah. you want to have a good season. No, that is nice that you've brought up Al Habsi there, Chris, actually, because last time we won at Sheffield Wednesday, he was our man of the match, which was a 2-0 in March 2017. Jan scored... And Papa scored that goal that made him an online social media superstar <laughs> for about 18 months, two years. He was just could do nothing wrong at all. It was quite incredible. He barely played, but he was a man that was just the next David Beckham. It was the Romanian <laughs> Beckham, he would have been. Uh, what do you think on this one, Eric? Do you think that we're going to get a result there? Uh, 
at Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, I think it's going to be tough, isn't it? Steve Bruce's first game in the dugout. Um, I think a point is a decent point. I know we need to start winning because less unless teams are becoming catchable. I still think we can catch Wigan, especially because we have them at home. But um, yeah, I think Sheffield Wednesday, I, I, it's got to that point now where I don't expect us to do anything away from home ever or at home, really. So, um, <laughs> You're as positive as me. Positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just kind of, yeah. I think, um, well, if you look at Sheffield Wednesday, they're 20th in the table for home form. So they're not a great team at all at home. Um, if we look at our way, we're actually 19. So I don't know how we've managed to achieve that. We've multiple draws. But yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So if you look at it in just from that point of view, but Sheffield Wednesday have also unbeaten in the last five matches at home in the championship. So we, we I think all of us would take a point right now. Yeah. Agreed on that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would be great, especially if we could have... I'd almost take a nil-nil again, actually. Bear in mind, well, bear in mind, Olivier is probably out of that game yes. as well. Um, so we're going to have to stick Mate or you know Bob Barson if he's better. He up. was I'm... awful when he came on yesterday. Yeah, he was. See that cross he, he put in just went straight out for a goal kick. Yeah. Oh, Mate, oh, it was it was a dead ball. It was a dead ball. That was a dead ball. He had he all the time so in the world. Fit. So unfit. Yeah. He doesn't. Oh, I forgot all about that minutes. moment. Yeah, and he just doesn't chase. Or you can, I personally, Gomez. You can so see why Gomez is trying to get rid of him. He's not a Gomez-style player at all. He's a bit of a battering ram, and because he's, he's, the... he's not much finesse, is he? Come on, let's well, be I agree honest. with you. I, I think it was an unpopular opinion, but even when he was scoring goals, he would still have balls played into him, at, you know, comfortably, and they cannon off of him. Yeah. His first touch was abysmal. Um, he had not much of awareness, you know, of an awareness of what was on, on, um, what was around him. Um, and the thing that he had going for him was he's got a bit of pace and he's got strength and he can hold the ball up. But I don't great in the air though. He is he good is in the air, air and he did score a couple of good headers. But um, yeah, I, I I don't think in the long run he's got a future here to be honest. Basic um, Benteke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just awful first <laughs> touch. He never never looks fit. No, and really doesn't. Goal, which Benteke used to as well. But I don't think um, I, I wouldn't be upset if we sold him. Not in the slightest. No, one person we don't, I don't think we missed at all yesterday was Bakuna. I wasn't feeling a big drop off. Were you, Neil? Maybe? I, I thought we only missed him because I think Renamota was a little more limited because he basically took over Bakuna's role. Um, so he had to sit a little bit more and, and not go through those driving runs that um, we've seen Andy do. Um, but no, in, in general, I think Bakuna was always one of those players that you kind of expected a bit more than he actually delivered. He was never man of the match for any game I think he ever played for us. So you can't exactly say he was a vital cog in any way. Um, and to get the money we did, then and fair enough. I mean, if he was going to be a, a choice of two, Andy Renamoto going for three million or Bakuna, there's only one winner in that. Uh, yeah, I have a friend who's, a, who's an Aston Villa fan and... Uh... He was quoted as saying when they were in the Premier League that he had aspirations of playing in the Champions League and things like that. So when we sold him to Cardiff, he 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 sent me another tweet and said, "Yeah, he's looking for that next Champions League club again." <laughs> Quite hilarious. Bakun is a player. I, I'm worries me that I don't think we've got anyone better than him. I got to say, I mean, if you look at the transfer action that we did, I mean, Elori, I, I think that was a good sell, definitely because I don't. You know, like we've discussed earlier in this uh, podcast, the replacement that we've got in, I know we haven't got him permanently and he's only on loan, but he looks, I would say even in two matches, he's looked at least equal to a Laurie, if not better. 
Um, the player we've got in yesterday, Baker, didn't have an amazing game, but he played in a different, two different roles during that match. He looked okay. Ijaria, he looked more than okay. So I, I think we've got enough options there. I just wish we could get someone who is more, even not more creative, more consistent with his play in normal open play than Swift. I just find him frustrating. If we could find that extra player in there, I think the team would really start to work. What do you well, think? He, he's just meant John Swift. Everyone talks about he's our creative mastermind, but does he create much in the final third? He really doesn't. He doesn't. You, we we miss someone who can play that slide ball through, don't we? We've just I can't ever remember us having the closest we probably have was Matiowski, but then he didn't. Oh, it's really, Sigerson, uh, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I suppose Sig. Yeah, he, he yeah. did. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think. I, I just think people overhype John Swift personally. He's <laughs> He's like Laurie was in defence, one in five amazing games, and then goes missing for four. Yeah, I think Swift Swift hit the ground running, didn't he? Understand, he scored in that first game, and then he had he had quite a purple patch. And from that, we we thought actually he's a real player. But if you look at what Brentford fans were saying when he when he was when he came to us, you know he's going to drop off, and then he'll just be bang average. And I think they've probably been proven right to some some extent. Yeah, I think that is basically what has happened. So well, at least that, that hope that doesn't happen with all the loan signings that we've got. As long as we're in the race to stay up, I think they'll be fine. If we suddenly start losing a few and it becomes a little bit awkward and a little bit too much, kind of not much in it for them. Because at the moment for them being a loan signing, it's as good for them to play for their own career as it is for us. Because if they impress, they get a move somewhere else. Um few of them I'd definitely like to see sign and stay with us. But realistically, I'm not sure many of them will because I don't know if we'll be able to afford them. But we'll see later. Hopefully, we'll get a result at uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Quick prediction. Neil, scoreline. 1-0 um, loss. 1-0 loss. Chris? 0-0. OK, take that. Eric? Yeah, 0-1. Nil 0-1 one. Nil one. loss. OK, Sam? I'll go 0-0. Nil, nil. Okay, I'm gonna go are, for two. We are. I'm, I'm gonna go for a two-one win, Reading. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got my optimistic head on. So uh, yeah, why not? Hey, let's hope it happens. Thanks a lot for listening. If you want to have a bet on the game, go to the Fans Bet, our uh, partners. And if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a five-star rating. That is what we prefer. If you want to give us one, don't bother. And uh, thanks a lot. Cheers.